0: Bonjour team, this episode was one that meant a hell of a lot to me with Dean Adkins, Um, it meant so much that I split it into two parts, this is part two, Uh, if you are only tuning in now then I strongly suggest going back and listening to part one, Dean Adkins is a hero, it's as simple as that. I met this guy three months ago and he has become a good friend and I have an unbelievable amount of respect for him, his story is one everybody should listen to and be inspired by. So go back and listen to the first half. Right then, let's crack on with where we left off. Well, I do want to touch on it for a period. Um, you know, I leave it to you to, to talk about however much in detail you want to. But you know, I'm intrigued by how your kind of journey came to an end in Afghanistan briefly, um, yeah. and then kind of the period after. I'm intrigued more about how about how you adapted back into to society and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Well, yeah, my time in Afghan came to an end um, when everybody else's did at the end of the tour, but that Mm. was more my doing. I was, was, um, like I I was involved in an incident um, where my tour should have got cut short. Mm. Um, Sort of in a IED, which is improvised explosive device, Mm. in a vehicle you know just sort of driving up a road um id went off and i was i was the only i was the only casualty of that mm. which is which is really 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 lucky mm, mm, mm. you know so being the only casualty is again looking tr- just trying to look at the positive of that it's Yeah, like straight away it's just instinctively trying to look at the positive of that is that like that could have been so much worse so and I've seen so much worse mm, 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 and mm. a lot of incidents on my tour were so much worse mm. you know friends that I still speak to now they it was so much worse for them um but you know it's it's just one of those things you know nobody nobody could see it come in nobody seen what was going on <clears throat> Just one of those things, you know. So driving along, we got hit by an IED um, and I was the guy sat in the back, basically took all the brunt of it. And um, yeah, I just sort of, you know, the, the I went back to Camp Bastion in a helicopter. I can't mm. really remember a great deal. Mm, 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 mm. All I can remember f- from that incident is kind of looking at everybody in the vehicle and being like, fuck that's fucked like I'm not okay (laughs) and then everyone kind of looking at me going oh shit and um, that's and then you know I can I can remember you know the medics and you know sort of absolute heroes you know unsung heroes you know medics just are literally the closest thing in this world to genuine superheroes other than Batman because he's He's a fucking superhero mate. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean, like I do, mate, completely that's you know, like I got some stories from medics that, you know, for another time and a place, but literally they kind of Ph- they, phenomenal human beings. Fuck mate, I I just lost for words. Yeah. Like anytime anytime I talk about medics and stuff, I'm literally just lost for words. I think we've got a couple in here actually, you know. That's awesome. As members. That's awesome. But, but I'll yeah, introduce you, yeah. Yeah, introduce me, yeah. But this it's, it's just a different level of human. Yeah. But um, yeah, I can just remember being worked on by our field medic, um, who was sort of integrated into our platoon, used to come out with us every day and stuff. But not just come out with us every day, come out on every single patrol. Jeez. Whereas we were split into groups or two, and I'd go on patrol for six, eight hours, do some crazy stuff, get shot at, <laughs> run around in 50 degree heat, you know, carry guys that have passed out because they're drinking Mountain Dew instead of water. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I would then come back and go to sleep yeah, and eat and drink water they would have to operate they I mean. would come back drink some water eat some food really quick and they'd go straight back out different level mate Fucking different level but um, yeah I just remember getting worked on by those guys and then I remember having a having a um, trip in a helicopter Chinook helicopter coming down and picking me up and I actually remember one of my one of my mates Calling me a lucky bastard as he was carrying me onto the helicopter because he was like, You get to go home. <laughs> like, <laughs> so lucky. <mate. laughs> I was just sort of laying on my back. What just a like, line. Yeah, cheers, mate. <laughs> but um, and I remember they they sort of um, the band never stops, like yeah. banter never stops. And it's sort of filling my pockets full of dirt and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was just like throwing dirt down my pants. You're joking. Yeah, just just being dicks. But, you know, I, I remember that and going to Camp Bastion, um, getting treated for a little while. But then my tour was meant to end there. I was meant to go back to the UK and like do physio or whatever I needed to do, sort of recover, um, mm-hmm. be seen by doctors, whatever. But I returned back to my platoon sort of a week later. Just kind of. To, well, how How is that possible? I just didn't. I just I don't know. I don't really know mate. I just demanded to go. You you did. Demanded to go. Wow. Okay. Refused to go home. There's absolutely no way I'm going home. You know, without I've, without them. Yeah, there's no way at all. There's no way that I'm going home because in my mind, I remember just sitting there. I remember in the hospital, the hospital is the worst place in the world in Afghan because there are, there are no like there are no positives there. It's just people who are hurt. Yeah. It's it's a it's a nasty place, Dog place. and I remember just any time anybody came in, I would just try to get a glimpse of them mm. to see if he was any of the boys from my platoon, and it was just the worst time. It was just the worst time, and I just remember saying to one of my mates who was based in Camp Asian like, "Any guys from from my company in today?" And he's like, "No, no, no, they're all good," and it's all I could think about. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I remember thinking to myself, like, if if I go home, then. It's going to be horrendous. To be I'm not going to be able to look at myself in the mirror. If anything happens to any of the guys, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to be able to cope with it. So, can I walk? Yes. You know, can I still do my duties as a soldier? Yes. So, right, so I'm, I'm not going home. And that was it. You didn't, start- you didn't go out again, rifle in hand? Yeah. Yeah, I went straight back. On home. your injuries? Yeah. Jesus,
0: Yeah. a week later? Yeah. That is meant, that's something you haven't touched on me at all.
1: No, no, I didn't, but yeah, it um, yeah, so How I mean, was that?
0: That must have been agonising.
1: It was, no, it was, it was uncomfortable. <laughs> it was uncomfortable. Yeah, but, but your then, pain threshold, mate, is obscene, like yeah. <laughs> crazy. It was, it was uncomfortable and, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't in complete agony, mm. you know, it was, it was workable. Mm. But to be honest, it was, it was what needed to happen. There was no way that I could go home. Mm. The, the way that I see it now is that, you know, and I'm sort of still paying for it now. Like my injuries never really got better because what would have happened is I would have gone home. I would have got taken to a military hospital where there's the best doctors in the world and they would have done x-rays and MRIs and they would have fixed me up, but I didn't, didn't go. But you can, but you, you, in your mind you, you feel like you can
0: live with yourself. Yeah,
1: hundred percent, one hundred. You made that
0: decision every day of the week. Yeah,
1: yeah, straight away. Phenomenal. There's no way that I could have gone home. It's crazy. So you know, my my job role as well. Like I was a I was a sniper for my I didn't know that. For my company. Yeah. So I was I was our company sniper. So um, do you know right? I, every time I say that, if anybody asks me, like, oh, what job did you do? And I say I was a sniper. All I can think about is, if any soldier hears me say that, they just be like dick. (laughs) Because like, anytime I hear someone saying like, oh yeah, I was, uh, I did this, I'm like, oh look at me. Trying to, trying yeah I did it big it. <laughs> no, it was fair enough but you're a no, sniper dude yeah that's that's um that was the role that i was in when i was out in afghan it's not what i used to do when i was in it, it's not what i did in iraq yeah um but i did the did the sniper course um when i was in sort of the infancy of being in the infantry really you know it's, it's what i wanted to do so i went off and done that passed it horrendous um went out to Afghan as a sniper, and snipers are the, snipers and sharpshooters are life or death to your men. And I'm not saying from the fact that because snipers kill loads of people, it's just fear. The Taliban won't touch you, mate. If the Taliban know that there's, there's a sniper, snipers around, yeah. they will not, they'll not try. Mm. And they'll try, and then all you need to do, not all the time, but a lot of the time mm. you know all you need to do is fire that single shot once yeah and they'll all clear off yeah you just fire in the air yeah
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. it's um it puts fear in their eye yeah,
1: yeah it's it's just a it's just a fear thing and it keeps mm. the guys safe mm. and you know if there's one less bullet if you can ensure that one less bullet is fired at your men yeah you know then you know how can you go home yeah. When you can still yeah, walk, yeah, 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 that's the that's that's the way that I thought about it. Anyway, um, you know, I assessed it, and there was a lot. Obviously, a lot of people that went home because they needed to go home. Mm. But personally, I was I could I was fine. I could walk. I, f- I thought that I was fine, so I went back out
0: mental. Um, amazing, amazing, mate! Like it's phenomenal, like, yeah. incredible. So you then you eventually did come home, and, and you know, I mean, is there anything between that and and becoming home that you wanted? to that you wanted to elaborate on or Um,
1: just the just the integration back into life really yeah like and again just sort of looking at it from a from a positive point of view and trying to trying to just sort of inspire people to to remember that in our society now Mm. it is okay to not be okay yeah right but what I feel that people are losing track of is it also okay to be okay? Mm. Like, especially not for everybody in every walk of life. What I mean is for soldiers. Guys expect that when they come back, they're going to have PTSD and- And they feel guilty if they don't. Yeah, and no, it's not just that. It's like, yeah, they do feel guilty. Like I felt like guilt is a huge part mm. of integrating back into normal life and not just guilt from the fact that your friends have been, are now in worse situations of what you are. Yeah. Or um, some guys are suffering from PTSD and you potentially may not be as bad. So guilt does play a big part in it. But it's just, like, things like PTSD and things like that are normalized so much now, which is amazing. Mm. You know, taking away that stigma Mm. is amazing. Mm. But it's also... It also needs to be pressed that you, it's okay to be okay, mm. you know? And however you feel, it's fine. Mm. You know, there's always gonna be someone there to, someone there to support you. Yeah. If you've got PTSD or you feel depressed or you feel like you mm. can't deal with the sort of things you've been through, then there are people and companies and charities and mm. friends of, and family that will talk to you. But if you're okay, you do not need to feel guilty about being mm. okay. You know, and that's that's just one of the one of the biggest things that I mm. I just sort of live by yeah. is that you know, I, I went through a, I went through quite a while of sort of like everybody, you come mm. back from somewhere like that and you struggle with things. Mm. You know, and the main thing is you go out with the boys, you get drunk and you get into a fight or you thought you're that guy who's way too drunk and you're, you're crying like a girl on her prom night. Mm. You know, like, mm. it's just all the things that happen and people can't fathom it, people can't get their heads around it, like my civilian mates, they'd kind of pat me on the back and be like, oh fuck. Kind of, but they didn't know, like, yeah. so everybody goes through that. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest things is that when, when you come back from a place like that is that People expect to go through that, so mm-hmm. it 's okay to be going through that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but then when you start coming out the other side there's absolutely no need to feel guilty yeah about coming out the other side and a lot of people feel guilty because so many people don 't come out the other mm-hmm. side mm-hmm. like my my regiment in Afghanistan anyway, my regiments to a in Afghan, we lost more people when we got home. Fucking hell, that's a stat. Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. Um, my battalion, the first battalion of my regiment, they had a, they had a really bad time. Um, but I'm just talking about my battalion, second mm, battalion. Mm. Second battalion, when we got home, we, we lost more people at home than we did abroad. Jeez. And you know, it does, it does kind of make you feel guilty. It does kind of mm-hmm. make you, you know, when I'm, especially for me now, I feel like I'm living up in London and doing, doing quite well and, and doing what I want to do. And, you know, I always wanted to be an engineer. So now I'm in uni to be an engineer, you know, and, and doing all that stuff. And I've got a good job mm. and I feel- Train at great gym. <laughs> train at F45. <laughs> and I feel, I feel good. Yeah, man and it is difficult not to but you shouldn't yeah like you said but then you've got you've got to snap out of that yeah, yeah, yeah. because I just think like I want to sort of shout from the rooftops that it's okay not to be okay mm. we will all help you get to being okay mm. but then it's also okay to be okay. to be okay yeah. don't feel guilty you don't need yeah. to feel guilty yeah. you know and and that's just you know that's the main thing that the guys don't don't understand do Yeah, don't, don't sort of live by yeah. or understand. But, you know, and as well as that, like I said earlier on, like I would like to see a book written about how beautiful okay. Afghan is and how nice the people are, rather than, you know, books about death and destruction and a book demonizing everybody who lives in that country and you know i recently read a book and it made me sick yeah. i don't want to mention any any names i never would but how negative that person was about every single person he came in contact with yeah. he must have been in a different country to me jesus because maybe i just didn't see that yeah. maybe i just you know you maybe i for the didn't positives but it just made me sick that yeah how how bad how bad yeah. it spoke about people. Savage. And, um, you know, as well as seeing a book written about how nice the place is and how nice the people are, like I said, also a book about sort of coming out the other side, mm. coming out the other side of coming back from a war, because there's no, no two ways around it, like, yeah. it's hectic. A war is, going to a war is pretty hectic. Absolutely. But then, being able to come back yeah. after that and be, be sort of okay yeah. and do well for yourself, yeah. which there's so many people are, but you never see it on the news. You see all this doom and gloom. You never see, you know, i got so many mates who've left the army and started companies and are doing well mm. and have got good jobs, you know, really lovely families and stuff. Someone write a book about that. Yeah. Someone write a book 100%. About that. So let's talk a little bit about
0: Um, You know, getting moving again. Uh, Your your experience is sort of like, you know, getting the body moving, fully functioning,
1: you know, the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, But it's twofold, really. I think that the biggest thing that someone can do after any sort of traumatic event, traumatic event being whether you go to a war zone or you get uh, whatever, anything, you know, lose a loved one, whatever, is Staying active. And I felt that when I got back, I stayed active for as long as possible and kind of just completely denied the fact that I was in fucking turmoil. <laughs> <laughs> way of putting it. Yeah, I it was just like, yeah, I'm fine. I'll walk it off. Um, but then, you know, staying, staying fit, staying active, staying fresh, healthy, You know, that sort of stuff, it clears your mind, and it makes you feel so much better about yourself, which is just one thing that you can take away from anything you're feeling. Mm. And that was the biggest thing for me, is the fact that I stopped being active, mainly because, like, I moved to London. Moved to London, and you move to London, there are so many places to eat and drink, and there are so many, if you're single, so many girls, (laughs) and so so many blokes or whatever you're into but it's like it's literally the heaven for just getting fat yeah so um, you know I I was doing that and I also struggling with injury as well like going to physio and stuff and just it just makes you feel like shit Mm. but then you feel like shit and then you start blaming things you start blaming whatever's happened to you you start blaming the fact that yeah you know I seen some pretty messed up stuff in the Middle East Mm. and that is when you stop looking at any positive you've ever seen every positive that you've seen the people the 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 sunsets the stars that sort of thing any positive they just go straight out the window and all you're left with is all the negatives and you're unhealthy Mm. and you just feel like shit and you're fat Mm. (laughs) whatever like you just it just all adds up to Mm. such a, a bad concoction yeah and um and yeah, it's just that's 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 where I was at, um, you know, a little while ago. And just sort of, I was still happy. Don't get me wrong, but mm. I was just, I wasn't as happy as what you know, you I am it. now. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I was, you know, I had I had the love and support and f- of my family and, and friends and you know, amazing girlfriends and stuff and everything. But there was just one thing missing, yeah. and that one thing missing was just sort of, sort of love for myself. And I think that most people can get that love for themselves mm. when they look in the mirror, and they're just like, "Check that guy out! <laughs> you look know? at that
0: dude!" Yeah,
1: you know. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe some people listening to this could be like, "Nah," but again, like I'm, you know, I don't want to offend anyone. But that's just that's just where I'm coming from. That's that's my thing. Right, absolutely, I can and, um, completely on your page. You know, it was like a, a big thing for me was like. I kept blaming, mm. getting blown up, mm. constantly blaming it. You know, I would, I was, in, I was in work and going up and down a ladder and stuff when I was when I was working on the tools, and uh, I just my knees were so painful, and I was just like, "Fuck, this is shit, man." I'm like, and then you start thinking like, "I'm overweight." I used to be in shape. I used to be this. I used to be that. It's because of that fucking place that i went to and you start thinking of the negatives and then i started beating myself ca- self up constantly and like you know it's all all of this is just because i got i got you know yeah. was in in a vehicle explosion that sort of thing but it's not though like if you if you get up and do something yeah. and push yourself and a lot of people can't a lot of people maybe have disabilities or anything but there is something for you Mm. You know, a lot of people have got disabilities, but they can't do what I did, mm. and jump up and go join F45. Mm. Some people can't do that, but there are things you can do. Mm. And, you know, as well as talking about my own experience in the fact that I was in shit state, but I found F45, mm. and group training, and you mm. fucking legends. Mm. Some people can't do that, but, you know, please look, mm. because there will be something for you to do. Okay. Um, You know, whether, you know, anything. Absolutely anything. But um, for me, oh mate, I, when I I realized that I needed to get back in shape Mm. and start, you know, loving myself again and being proud of myself, Mm. I joined a gym Mm. and individual training is not for me. It just Mm. made me depressed Mm. because I was you know, doing exercises and being like, how can I not do this? Mm. This is ridiculous. Mm. It's because of this. Mm. And I had nobody there to kind of, yeah. you know, talk me down off a ledge kind of thing. So individual training was just horrendous. And then, you know, I joined, I joined a CrossFit gym, which was probably the, the wrong CrossFit gym because I know a lot of guys that I spoke to in the past that love CrossFit and find it such an amazing environment. So I, I joined the wrong CrossFit gym. And it was basically a case of like, would you like to give me all your money for me to patronize you? Mm. And I just found that quite difficult. Mm. But then it was, it just got to the point where I was I was just desperate mm. and I couldn't go running because mm. my legs hurt too much. You know, I couldn't do any of this stuff. So I couldn't go to the gym on my own because it was just making me depressed. Mm-hmm. You know, so joining F45, is like literally, Finding your home, Mm. you know, walking through the door and everybody is so nice, Mm. Mm. and the training is amazing. And I seriously, I have, I've come on, so much.
0: Oh man, it's obscene how much i have come on. Since
1: since I started, I remember I remember the first session saying to you like, "Mate, I don't do any leg stuff. Mm. I don't do squats and stuff because my legs hurt." Mm. So I remember doing like press ups, and I remember I've. Bringing me to one side mm. and, um, and being like, right, how about you do this? Like so supportive, mm, 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 mm. so supportive. Mate. Mm, mm, and just like a tiny little leg exercise mm. where you put a bench underneath me and was just like, right, sit on that and stand up, and then sit on mm. that and stand up. Now you're talking sort of 10 weeks on.
0: Mate, you're doing, uh, I saw you doing uh, six, two 16 kettlebells the other day. Yeah,
1: mate, <laughs> yeah. boss. Yeah, mate, but That supportive environment, I've, I've not found anywhere else. Brilliant. Other than being in the Army, Brilliant. so finding this place for me is like it's that, it's that little little thing that I was missing. Right. It's exactly what I was missing. Love it, you know Great, and, and I think that like the F45 kind of environment would be for anybody who is not confident or is not feeling up to certain things, right. doesn't want to train on their own, not, not, not confident enough to train on their own. You know personally i found that little gap in my life by coming coming here
0: mate i've loved every every second of uh speaking to you always do every yeah. time you come in it makes my day um i'm mean, gonna add a little intro about you know my personal experience of, of how we've been training together at the yeah. beginning of this but mate i just want to say thank you so much for your time your story it's been a fucking amazing hour and 15 minutes of my life i've loved every second Um, you're a true inspiration to me and everyone here and, and yeah, I just want to say thank you